We are Pixie and Ogre. This is an intersectional LGBTQIA plus friendly podcast led by two lesbians living in the sticks of North Carolina. We discuss topics that support our values, including pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-trans and gender non-binary, and pro-sex work, among many other topics. Pixie is me, Mel. I hold a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Ogre is Laura, who has no degrees or licenses, but just likes to hear her sarcastic fat-ass talk. Good afternoon. It's Pixie or Mel. And the Ogre. (laughs) And we are joining you today to discuss the importance of community in the LGBTQIA plus community. Yes, I think especially today, since it's election day Mm. in the United States, that we talk about community and sticking together and looking out for each other. Yeah, the vibe today is weird. Yeah. Palpable. Yep. It's a lot of tension. A lot of tension. A lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad today. And, you know, to give a little perspective, I, I work in, I work near a county that's very much Trump country. And the majority of the patients coming into the facility I work in wear Trump masks or MAGA masks. And so it's, it's kind of hard to avoid the, just the, the, the feel. You know what kind of scares me is no matter who wins the election, we know that those people exist now. We yeah. know how many racist, misogynistic assholes are really out there. It's like Trump brought them out of the woodwork and showed them that it was okay to be racist and homophobic and, you know, I'm afraid they're not going to go back into the woodwork. So I might argue that I don't feel like we didn't know. I think I think it felt more powerful because they weren't being <clears throat> condemned by our president, not our president. <laughs> okay, everybody calm down. Not my president, but the orange menace. The orange menace. You know, they weren't, they, they've definitely been instigated by him. Um, but I, I would venture to guess they've been vocal and they've been here all along. <laughs> yes, but I don't think that it's been this bad. Like, I, I think that in pockets of the country it's still been bad. But I don't know. I, I feel like Trump has just brought them out and given them a license to be, you know, evil. Yeah, I agree with you that, I mean, he definitely has given them a platform that they probably didn't have, you know, the day before Election Day <coughs> 2016. Me. I mean... One thing that I've been watching the news feeds this morning, and there's a lot of voter intimidation at polls. Mm. There's a lot of... Um, Trump supporters showing up to vote with guns, mm. saying it's their right 
And there's a lot of, I mean, over the weekend we saw a lot of uh, Trump train caravans. You know, for here, you know, we live in, in Western North Carolina. There was, and Trump was doing a rally in a town uh, probably about 40 minutes from here. Yeah. And there was a, an entire caravan of pickup trucks and cars going from Western North Carolina down the mountain to Hickory. Yep. And they were literally stopping traffic. Yep. And there was also reports of, um, you know, the, these Trump caravans surrounding Biden buses. And, yes. you know, I feel like, like we haven't encountered this before. No. And before we started recording, you and I were talking about the, the thickness of the tension in the air. And I mentioned, like, it really doesn't matter what the outcome is. There's going to be unhappy people. And that's an overstatement. I mean, an understatement. But there, there's going to be potentially riots and reactions either way. So it it already feels like a lose-lose, which is really depressing. It already feels like a lose-lose. And the fact that Trump has said, you know, that he's not going down without a fight and people are talking about what actions he can take if he were to lose, you know, that, you know, he can sue, he can do this, he can do that. And I feel like even if he loses this evening, I don't feel like we're going to get rid of him very easily. Well, and it's interesting you say this evening. I would venture to guess it's going to take the better part of a week for us to figure out who won. And I, that's, for me, adding an extra layer of tension mm -hmm. because it's not like we're going to go to bed tonight and it's going to be over. Right. And it's kind of reminding me, and I hate to draw this comparison, but I do think it's appropriate. It kind of feels like we're we're heading into that like glued to the TV post 9/11 watching the footage over and over again being inundated everywhere we turn. I mean, we've already been experiencing that with the push to vote. Now I feel like it's going to be coverage 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 coverage. And like as a highly perceptive person as, as an empath like that frightens me that I I won't be able to avoid. You know what I've, I've noticed in the past four years is that, you know, when I'm not saying Obama was the greatest president. He was a good president, but I'm not saying that he didn't do things maybe that weren't right. But while he was president, I felt like we all had hope. We all had a, a positive hope because we were making changes for the better for our country. We were, we were taking strides to be more community-minded and to be more <clears throat> open and accepting of everybody. And I, and I feel like once Trump was elected that that hope was gone and that we've gone backwards as far as everything that we achieved during the Obama administration. And I think that the the thought of having another four years of this no hope kind of just like afraid to watch the news because every day it was something else 
Right. And and let's say Biden wins. I do think that Trump, who has limit limitless or unlimited money, resources, and time, will go through all the channels that he can to <clears throat> sue or do something. And it's going to take away potentially any victory we might feel or any hopefulness we might feel. Right. And that's going to that's going to gum up the coverage and and that that could, you know, potentially influence, you know, the beginning of potentially Biden being inaugurated and all of that. I mean I mean I I, I know this is not news to you. I really think Trump is going to be reelected. I know you do. I know you do. And and a part of me agrees with you, but I'm the eternal optimist. And I, I, I don't want to give up hope until it's done. And, and that's one of the things that I love about you. And I, I just, I have this sinking feeling. I just have the sinking feeling. Um, and I and I agree with you. I, I think when when Obama was president, there was a sense of hope, and there was definitely more a sense of community, especially for the LGBTQIA plus people. Yes, and that's what you know. We decided we wanted to talk about community today and talk about how we need to stick together. Mm-hmm. We need to, <clears throat> you know. <clears throat> Being a member of the LGBTQIA plus group, we need to feel like we're connected. We yes. need to have allies. We need to have people who understand us and accept us. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, w- without that, I-, I think we're just floundering. Um, and and I, I'm not talking about regional community. I'm talking about worldwide community. Right. You know, we need to accept each other. And even if it's something we don't understand necessarily, we need to support it. Yeah. And I'm, inclu- I'm including everybody in this. Um, you know, trans, um, bisexual, whatever. We need to include everybody and make everybody a part of this family because we're all fighting for the same rights. We're all fighting for the same common goal, is that we want the same respect. We want the same rights that everybody else has. And if we can be strong as a community and work together and support each other and uplift each other, then we can lend that voice to making positive changes. Absolutely. Not just here in America, but around the world. Absolutely. And in preparing for this topic, um, you know, I started asking myself the question of why is community important for the LGBTQIA plus <clears throat> people? You know, and I started thinking like, well, when I was coming out in like 2003, 2004, what did community mean to me? And it meant things like pride events. It meant things like the New Haven uh, Gay and Lesbian Community Center that had groups and classes and just safe space for me to go and feel fully myself while I was still trying to figure out who I was. Yeah, same for me. It meant going to social gatherings where the the moment I walked in the door, 
I was accepted yes. and welcomed. And you know, while there, I had an opportunity to talk with and observe all different sides of our rainbow and things that I had never seen or heard about before. And, and it was, not only did I get to see it and experience it and talk to these people, but I got to see older lesbians who mm -hmm. had been together for 20 and 30 years. Yes. I got to see older gay guys who'd been married forever. And, and I got to see trans and, and, and just all these amazing people brought together by this community and and everyone was accepting, loving, caring, and we need to bring this back. I agree. And I, I think, you know, in, in kind of doing this research and finding some articles that would maybe kind of support what we want to talk about, I came to realize that there are some young people that don't feel LGBTQIA plus people need a community anymore or need events like Pride because same-sex marriage is legal, we've won the fight. And it kind of reminds me of when everyone thought feminism was over in the 80s because women are working, there are presence in the work environment now, we had Mr. Mom, you know, we had all these, you know, kind of like trite representations of the working mom but at the end of the day that working mom is still making less than her male counterpart and she's still expected to take care of all of the household children and family duties on top of working full-time and that's still generally the consensus right i mean i was a nanny for a heterosexual cis couple both surgeons and the mother was in charge of everything household related on top of working full time as a surgeon. So I think I, I think it's easy to say, we're done. We got we got there. We got what we wanted. No, this is an ongoing fight, especially, <clears throat> especially when people like the Orange Menace have been in power for four years and could, could potentially be in power for four more and could be threatening us losing those very rights. Exactly. And gay marriage is not legal in all countries around mm -hmm. the world. So globally, I'm, I want to see That's a push right. for community globally. That's right. I want to see people from different countries reaching out and sharing mm -hmm. information and resources and... <clears throat> wisdom of how they fought for their rights in that country because eventually it would be fantastic if the entire world got to the point where not just the gay lesbian the lgbtqia right. plus uh, people were all equal but everyone was equal and that i think is our ultimate goal is to truly have everyone be equal right um regardless of of any differences i mean white heterosexual christian males have ruled this world for how long right and it's, it's over we need change we need to move forward as That's a country right. as a world and <clears throat> i think a lot of young people you know they 
They've got Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all of the, you know, social media where they can they can find gay content. Yes. And they can, you know, perhaps be members of uh, Facebook groups that, that will help them. But I think that it's also important to have connections in real time, too. Yes. Um, you know, typing and, and talking via a social platform, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But... We all need to be around other humans. As much as I say I'm an introvert and I yes. don't like humans yes. and I don't like leaving my house, right? I too need the, the the support and the interaction with other gay people, Absolutely. just other queers that understand me. And and I, honestly, there's still a lot I need to learn. Sure. And I'm not going to learn it by watching TikTok, you know, I need to talk to people. I need to, yep. you know, and I, I really think we're missing that right now. I would agree with you. I, I would also say, I do think given the global health crisis and, you know, just geographically where people are, I do feel like social media is leading the revolution. Yes. I really do. And I feel like it definitely can can be like a supplement to having that face-to-face community it can definitely be something that we can add on like an additional support exactly but it shouldn't be the only no i mean i only. think that you know this pandemic on top of everything else is just created a huge clusterfuck and i think that it's divided a lot of people and you know there's a a huge divide now between people who are pro-mask versus anti-mask and there's so many things that are just tearing people apart even in the LGBTQIA plus community yes and you know we, we need to put all these things away and stop arguing and stop you know henpecking each other and criticizing and we need to start supporting each other even if we don't understand it, even if somebody is a Trump supporter or an anti-masker, we need to support them and do what we can to be supportive of each other. What would that look like? What would what look like? How, how could one support someone who's a Trump supporter or an anti-masker while also not having those values not align with their own? I think that as human beings, we, we all have values that don't align with other people's right and we have to learn to live with it you Mm -hmm. know we still have to work side by side with a trump supporter we still have to work side by side with a racist we still have to work side by side with people who don't agree with what we agree with Mm -hmm. and i know you know politics generally aren't discussed at work and things like that and um but you know Anti-maskers, anti-maskers, we still need to treat them like people, just as I would expect them to treat me with respect. Yes. And, you know, I can't agree with what they're doing and I can't condone it, but I don't have to be mean and ugly and, you know? I do. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm having admittedly conflicted feelings because mm-hmm. I'm hearing what you're saying. Like these are human beings, including Trump. He is. 
I don't know. Supposedly. So, um, however, and it's a fancy way of saying, but (laughs) it's hard to respect and support an individual whose actions like supporting a misogynistic, racist, homophobe, transphobe, you know, and it's hard to support someone who's refusing to wear a mask to protect someone I love who could get sick from them not wearing a mask. Yes, I, and I'm, I think that it's difficult. I, I don't know. I mean, the issue of Trump is just a whole other story. Like, how did we get here? Well, that's the biggest issue. And knowing how we got to this point is a good way to keep it from happening again. And I have one word. What? Capitalism. Yes. That's how we got. No, that's how we got here is because for some reason. And okay, first of all, we didn't get here by the popular vote. We got here by the electoral vote. We mentioned this in a previous episode. I'm not going to rehash that. That aside, we got here because the people that did vote for Trump in 2016, for some reason, admittedly and were vocal about, I would rather have a business owner run this country than a politician. And that speaks volumes about capitalism. Yeah, I think it does too. Um, and you said something interesting before. You said equality. You know, you use that term equality. And I think a lot of us, when we think of community, we think of, like you said, support and equal rights, human rights. What's interesting is I've been seeing a lot on my social media feed and just discussions in general about the difference between equality and equity. May I share? Please. So I got this from the Winston-Salem State University, and I'm just going to read a little blurb, and I'll include it in the show notes, the um, link. So it says, the terms equality and equity are often used interchangeably. However, they differ in important ways. Equality is typically defined, defined as treating everyone the same and giving everyone access to the same opportunities. We want that. Cool. Meanwhile, equity refers to proportional representation, race, class, gender, in those same opportunities. To achieve equity, policies and procedures may result in an unequal distribution of resources. For example, need-based financial aid reserves money specifically for low-income students. Although unequal, it is equitable. Equitable? Yeah. Sorry, guys, I didn't get much sleep last night. (laughs) Words mean things. It's considered equitable because it is necessary to provide access to higher education for low-income students. So equality, yes, that would be like the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not euphoric, utopian view of the world. Ideally, we would want equality and equal rights for everyone. But we have many people who are already kind of starting out like five miles down the road and have privilege and have like a head start on these things. And so to then for it to be equal, it just doesn't make sense. It needs to be equitable. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, I was also looking into, or I was thinking about how this kind of, this topic ties into our topic on inclusivity and labels. And it made me think about, you know, intersectionality, which we mentioned in our intro that we are an intersectional LGBTQIA plus podcast. And I think intersectionality and inclusivity now, especially when it comes to community, is more important than ever. Because when you have division within that community, you've just got all these pieces that are broken up and everyone becomes divisive. Like, I'll go to the lesbian picnic, but if there's bisexuals there, I don't want to go. Or this is, um, you know, this is a, a female-only event, and so only cis females can be here, so trans-identifying women can't, can't be present. Those kinds of barriers, the people who are in power and the people who aren't othered are banking on us making those, <laughs> those own divisions in our community so they don't have to do it for us. Right. And we don't need to be making those divisions within our community. Right. We need to be supporting each other, whether or not we understand or support or not, not support, right. whether we understand or accept this. We need to be putting that in the back pocket. If you're a member of the LGBTQIA community and for some reason you don't support trans men uh, or bisexual women or whatever, use this opportunity to reach out to the community to ask questions, maybe talk to someone who identifies as such. Um, you know, maybe try to open your mind and, and look at things from a different perspective. But now is the time for us to include everybody and learn from other people and teach other people. Absolutely. And support everyone. Absolutely. And that's why I do embrace, you know, the many letters in our community and as easy as it might be to abbreviate, abbreviate it to the queer community or the gay community, if someone in that community doesn't identify as gay or queer, they're feeling marginalized within their own community. Right. They're feeling phased out. And so, you know, this again kind of goes with the labels of practicing and getting comfortable with saying LGBTQIA+. Or once you get to know the person that you're communicating with, finding out how they identify within that community so that you can find a common ground so everyone can feel included. Which comes back to my point, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's right. And if you're, if someone is asking you questions, don't be offended by that. Take right. that as a, um, an opportunity to teach and educate someone and take it, you know, as a compliment. Somebody is asking you questions about who you are that's and, right. and what you identify as and that's a good thing. Yes. I mean, someone wants to make a connection with you, but they want to make it correctly instead of just on assumption. Um, yeah, and, you know, don't get offended so easily. Mm -hmm. um, ask questions. Yep. Talk to each other. Um, you, you know, this is super, super important uh, for all of us. You know, even if we don't understand, we need to get out there and, and start doing this. And absolutely. And like you said, on, on the flip side of being you know, welcoming questions from folks who want to understand, 
being the folks who want to understand, don't be afraid to ask. And yes, we're going to fuck up sometimes. We're going to accidentally misgender someone. We're going to forget a letter in, in the community. It doesn't mean that you're negating that person as long as you recognize it, address it, learn from it, and keep practicing. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. But to avoid that altogether or to dismiss it, I think that's probably the most harmful, to dismiss it as if it's unimportant, too hard, you know, this is exhausting. You know, when it was just the LG community, right? When it was just the gay and lesbian community, how would you feel if it was, you know, I have to say gay and lesbian, you know that you're gay. Well, I identify as lesbian or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, I think it's just important, especially now, to make sure that not only not only our community feels heard, but potentially marginalized groups within that community. So black LGBTQIA, you know, immigrant LGBTQIA, making sure that everyone has a place. I'm actually going to include um, a link from the uh, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer Plus Resource Center. Center. It is a list um, comprehensive list of all kinds of resources, groups, communities, organizations divided by different marginalizations. So race, um, ethnicity, you know, country of origin. I love this because this is a way to extend, like we're including everyone. I can't tell you how many times I see on social media, a person of color posting, you know, you can't be for Black Lives Matter if you're not for Black trans lives, if you're not for Black queer lives, if you're not for all Black lives. And I think that's important to know that it has to include everybody. It does have to include everybody. And I don't know, you know, people who are different have been persecuted for so long. We've been denied equal rights for so long. And I'm including people of color in this also. Mm-hmm. And it's it's ridiculous that that we're in the year 2020. The year of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come so far. And yet we still have human beings who aren't Oops. equal, um, who aren't treated as human beings even. And it's just, it boggles my mind that, that we, st- we can still live like this. And that <clears throat> after how many years of fighting and protesting and rioting and have we, we finally got the okay to marry, um, you know, for gay people to marry. Right. And what, what makes our love any different than a heterosexual white male's love for his wife. Right. And, you know, as happy as I am that gay marriage is legal, I can feel how fragile that is. It's very fragile. And yeah, I, I, can, I still, to this day, I can feel the tension around it with some people and I can feel how fragile it is and how easily it could be taken away from us. And that's scary because once they start taking away things, 
they're not going to stop with marriage. No, and I think, you know, the bureaucracy that it could be buried under as well in the future, like it could be harder and harder to actually implement same-sex marriage. So interestingly enough that we're talking about this, I think we've all talked about our, you know, love of trash TV, mm. aka 90 Day Fiance, and we happened to watch the episode yesterday, so spoiler alert if we have any 90 Day Fiance fans, but there is a gay couple, and I believe this is the first gay couple on 90 Day Fiance that I know of. No, we had Erica and Steph. That's right. Steph. That's right. So Kenny and Armando, they're living in Mexico. Kenny moved from Florida to Mexico to be with Armando. They want to get married. Now, same-sex marriage has been legal in Mexico since 2015, just like in the U.S. And I'm going to, full disclosure, we watched the episode. It was explained two different times, two completely different ways. I don't entirely know what the issue is. But the bottom line is, while it is legal in Mexico, everyone who applies for same-sex marriage is, it seems, automatically denied. And you have to write a petition letter and it's some con con contradiction between the legislation and the state law. And I don't know which is which because they flip-flop them, but for sake of you know just making this an easier argument, let's say the legislation says that same-sex marriage is legal, but the state says it's not. Now you get buried under bureaucracy. Now you get buried under paperwork and filing. And this, this discourages many people, I imagine, who don't want to go through this process. Now... The woman at the office that they spoke to said she has seen many same-sex couples marry. But Kenny, who's from the U.S., brings up an interesting question. If it's this hard to get a marriage license, what is it going to be picking out a venue, picking out a caterer, picking out a cake, you know, cake maker, baker, cake person, wedding cake person? All I heard was cake. <laughs> you know, each channel, <clears throat> is it going to be met with the same pushback of oh it's a same-sex wedding um and i i feel i feel the fragility of same-sex marriage being taken away as well it feels very very delicate right now and it feels like it can be buried in paperwork and petitions and i can feel people just be like fuck this it's not it's not worth it Right. And, and systematically, our rights get taken and away. And systematically, our rights get taken away. And people are given the, you know, the quiet okay that it's okay to deny services mm -hmm. to gay people. And before you know it, we're back in the 40s, you know, living under rocks and hiding relationships. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you never realize how fragile things are until they start to start to break down. And they are starting to break down. Um the stronger our community is, and the stronger our voice, the more that we're heard, not just in America, but globally. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, I think America right now really needs support, really, really needs a community yeah. to help push this further and help get everyone to you know, an equal status. Right. Not, not just people of the LGBTQIA community, but people of color. Absolutely. And, you know, this is insane. Um, I'm not exactly sure when the rest of the world woke up and entered 
the present. I mean, but, somewhere in the early 2000s, but for sure. It seems like the, most of the rest of the world has left America in the dust, yep. and we're still fighting for basic rights, and um, it's, it's absolutely insane. And it, it's hard to strike a balance between being true to your own values and still remembering that someone who's opposing your views is human, especially, like I said earlier, when those views seem to be aligned with someone who often gets compared to Hitler. You know, I have to think like, you know, that's, that's a big comparison to draw, but it's accurate. It, it is pretty accurate. And it's like, you know, thinking about potentially working with someone who would support someone like Hitler, I don't know if I could quietly like kumbaya it and like let's support each other, we're all human. I think I would have a hard time. What's the alternative? I mean, I think I don't think that there's one place you could go where you wouldn't encounter someone who supports Trump or, uh, you know, supports a lot of Trump's policies. I think, I think they hide well, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's why, you know, politics aren't, discussing politics at work isn't usually just, you know, usually brought up and... Yeah. Um, but there's so much riding on this, you know, like I, I, America is so far behind as far as medicine and, um, you know, drug costs and our, let's not even talk about our police violence. Like, right. This is just becoming ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I look at the news for America sometimes and I wonder where I'm living. I wonder... Mm -hmm what you know what especially apocalyptic yeah dystopian future book am i living in because this is not normal well and ironically i'm rereading the hunger games as we speak i mean i don't think there's a more appropriate time to read reread that trilogy yeah um but i imagine for you as someone who's lived in many different countries this is a little surreal for you it's very surreal yeah. but it's, it's really gotten worse in the past 20 years yeah um, you know, because we're supposed to be moving towards the, you know, the future. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be evolving in a positive way as a country, as people, and we're not. We are, you know, all of this new technology and advances in medicine and science, and and we're not. We're devolving as people. Yeah. We, we've just gotten to the point where we're just screaming at each other on Facebook over nothing. And, and over everything. And over everything. Yeah. And and you know we're we're hiding behind the social media instead of you know coming together and fighting together for what we believe in. Yeah, and I would say to some extent, at least from my personal experience, I feel like social media does give a, a safe place for someone to voice their opinions without feeling like they're going to be physically harmed. You know, um, and I, I think, I think it's important for for people to voice their opinions. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. But look at how many people who are on social media and they're being bullied on mm -hmm. social media, and we've got people committing suicide. Yes, because they're they're going on social media and they're saying, "This is my page. I can say and do whatever the fuck I want on my page." That's right. And they're still getting bullied. They're still getting attacked. They're still getting beat down mm -hmm. because they're 
different because they have different views. Right. And I agree. So even though you think Facebook is a safe space, it's yeah. It's it is a den of snakes. You know, you go into any group and you can say something benign, something simple. That's true. And for whatever reason, it'll set somebody off and then that sets somebody else off. Yep. And before you know it, it's a feeding frenzy. Right. Your one comment has 458 replies. Right. And, and everyone's angry with you and they're fighting amongst themselves. It's ridiculous. No, that's true. I mean, and it's interesting that you're more of the optimist in this duo as far as hopefulness. And yet I tend to kind of, I really only see the hopefulness of the social media. I don't see too much of the the bullying. I, I really don't. And I don't know if I'm just deliberately avoiding it. It's not popping up on my feed. I, I'm a member of a lot of groups. Okay. That could be part of it. For, then. for many different reasons. And a lot of the groups, I, I'm a, what do they call them? Lurker? Oh, yeah. You just read. You don't necessarily post. Yeah, I very rarely post anything, um, but I read a lot. Even even if it's a negative topic, I want to read what people are saying. Okay. Um, even if it's a pro-Trump-type topic, I want to read what people are saying. Okay. Because I, I want to know what these people are thinking and feeling and whatever. And so far, like, it's been very depressing. But I see a lot of people being bullied. I see a lot of people, especially in, I'm a member of a lot of LGBTQIA plus groups. Sure. And I see a lot of people just reaching out. Hi, hello, I'm lonely. I really want a relationship. Right. I need a lifeline here. I, I need to talk to somebody. Is anybody available? And it's, most of the groups I, I, I want to say have been, um, really positive sure you know there's a lot of comments saying hi back or welcome or you know message me anytime you need to talk or whatever um but it's it's still there yeah it's still you know people are still reaching out um for their community and i also see a lot of people reaching out like hey sexy you can inbox me anytime mm. or girl you're beautiful yeah, I want to talk to you. Like, reel it back. You know, let's not jump. Let's not go from zero to 100. Let's not jump yeah. both feet into, like, a relationship type thing or a flirtation thing. Like, let's, yeah. let's keep it neutral, yeah. you know? And once you message people and you start talking and you want to develop a flirtatious thing, that's that's fine. But I think people reaching out just to talk, just for a lifeline. Sure. You know, they don't need to be you know, flirted with right, right from the, right from the go, you but, know? Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a lack of etiquette on social media in those situations. There's a lack of like social cues because everything is so fast. Right. And, and, and it, instant. it is hard to and, under, to sometimes understand what people are saying. That's and, right. Um, it's yeah. very, it's very interesting, but I, I agree. I, I think, think now more than ever we need to come together and I, I think the next week is going to be tough it is I, going I know to the be next tough. week is going to be tough it, it is and for the rest of the world who's, who are watching the American elections today and praying for a decent outcome as we all are um, reach out yes. to your American friends yes offer your support that's right and um, 
you know, let's stick together and no matter what the outcome. Absolutely. And we, all of, oh, sorry. We, we, we are all family. That's right. And remember that even in families, siblings fight. That's right. So doesn't mean we hate each other. Doesn't mean we hate each other, but we need to stick together. Agreed. And all of our contacts, like all of our social media contacts, Facebook group, everything is in the show notes. So feel free to private message us if you need to or Always. reach out. I mean, anybody has questions, comments, concerns, email us. We have a Facebook page. Um, anybody's welcome to post anything on that page. Yes. Um, links, uh, questions again, anything you need. Absolutely. And uh, Melissa and I both will work to, um, you know, set you up with resources yep. or even if you just need to talk. Yep, absolutely. Reach out, okay? Definitely. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. If you are interested in sending us listener letters, asking for advice, sharing something unusual, or topics that you want us to discuss, send an email to pixieandogrepod at gmail.com. That's P-I-X-I-E-A-N-D-O-G-R-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks.